Hello everyone and thank you for downloading this week's episode of Are You a Fan of the Dark? This is Dale. This week's episode is actually not a full episode, it's a special announcement. I just want to let you all know that there actually won't be an episode this week and from time to time we may need to take hiatuses and that's mainly because of my personal health. And this is actually, I think, a good time to talk about this because next week is an awareness week for this particular condition that I have. So I want to tell you all about it and spread the word. Just this past year, I was diagnosed with a very incredibly rare genetic disorder known as acute intermittent porphyria. And usually when you say that to a doctor, they will just give you the huh look and then they won't believe you. And then you have to show them lab work. And most of the time, they're very, very shocked. So it took me going to see, I don't know, five or six different doctors and organizing my own testing to get this diagnosis. And basically, it started because I was hospitalized twice between 2016 and 2017. They were nearly fatal. I was feeling very sick uh, without knowing why. And... So I put my insurance to work and I did a bunch of research and I came to know about this disease. Basically, I got a break and finally got genetic testing um, and the results implied that I was a carrier for this particular disease. Now you might be wondering what it is, so let me just read to you what uh, is available out there on this website. This one is from the Panhemidin website. Uh, Panhemidin is one of the few treatment for acute attacks. They have this uh, sheet for discussing acute intermittent porphyria or AIP with your family, and so here it is. So what is AIP? AIP is a rare inherited disorder caused by a partial lack of an enzyme needed to make heme, a substance that carries oxygen to all parts of your body. This enzyme deficiency results in the buildup of certain chemicals in your body causing symptoms to develop. Acute intermittent means symptoms or attacks may occur for a set period of time and then go away, only to return later. Left untreated, AIP attacks can cause damage to your body, such as your brain and nervous system. So what are the symptoms of AIP? The most common symptom is severe abdominal pain. Other common symptoms include vomiting, constipation, a fast heart rate, pain in different areas of your body, muscle weakness, and mental symptoms like depression or changes in behavior. During attacks, you might not have all of these symptoms. New symptoms might develop over time. So when are attacks likely to occur? They are more likely to occur when you're exposed to things that upset your body's chemical balance. These triggers may include use of hormones or hormone fluctuations, use of certain prescription or illegal drugs, use of alcohol or cigarettes, fasting or crash dieting, infections, surgery, or stress. How is it diagnosed? That one I can answer without reading (laughs) because of everything I had to go through. Uh, Basically, it's a lot of biochemical testing at first, and then the gold standard is to have genetic testing done. Now, saying biochemical testing may sound like a cop-out, but it's true. You're going to give a lot of pee, a lot of blood, and maybe a little bit of poo for the name of science. But the best first-line test that your doctor can do for you, and I'm glad that I knew to ask for this, was to ask for a urinary porphyrin level test. And what they should look for is elevated levels of PBG and ALA, because in a normal person, those won't be elevated. Um, If they are elevated, it either means you have lead poisoning or porphyria. I did all of the biochemical testing and all the steps that the American Porphyria Foundation suggested. I had plasma, I had urine, I had fecal. It's it's a lot of work. It really is. But the gold standard is genetic testing because 
specific mutations are what cause the different porphyrias, and they're very specific, and it can be very expensive. But recently, there is something called the Alnylam Act, which is sponsored by a drug company called Alnylam, and they are doing a complementary panel of testing. Now, before, it was very expensive to do, and you can still do the um, private testing through Mount Sinai, but it was cost prohibitive to me. If the Alnylam Act had not come through, I would not have gotten this. And while my doctor was coming around and she was ready to give me the diagnosis on the biochemical testing alone, she felt a lot better about having the genetic testing to back it up. Because there are so few porphyria experts out there, it's going to be really hard to find a doctor if you have it. In Arizona, where I'm at, as far as the American Porphyria Foundation knows, there's only one person in Phoenix, which is where I'm not, that has an inkling of what porphyria does and is and how to treat it. So... (laughs) It's been a roller coaster ride. My doctor relies on me for information, not the other way around, which may seem kind of scary, but I am very appreciative of it because whatever information I bring her from the American Porphyria Foundation, she researches and um, consults with other doctors as far as I'm aware of. So, yeah. The treatment for AIP is panhemidin. It's a prescription medication used to relieve repeated attacks of AIP, um, specifically related to um, the menstrual cycle in affected women. After initial carbohydrate therapy is known to be inadequate, panhemidin reduces the chemical buildup that causes symptoms. So basically, things that can set off an AIP attack for me can be anything from not eating enough in the day, because uh, even slight hypoglycemia can incur excess heme production, which basically causes a buildup of these neurotoxins, and it can put me in a lot of pain. Um, hormone fluctuations, either uh, naturally occurring from certain body processes or from stress. Uh, certain drugs and chemicals can cause it, so I have to avoid a lot of things. Yeah, it's it's not fun. I also never know when it's going to exactly affect me. I've been getting better about charting it, but it, it can be somewhat unpredictable, and sometimes it can render me quite useless. This podcast, while it is very, very fun, it is also very, very time-consuming. It requires a lot of cognitive function, which I am deprived of most of the time when I'm in an attack, and I have an attack about once a month. Now, I'm currently um, in talks with my doctor to see if I can possibly get monthly infusions of panhemidin, but that's going to come down to cost and need. While it is a very effective medication, it is also very difficult because it would require me getting a port put in my chest because it has a tendency of blowing veins in the arm and um, also cost because it can be very expensive. So I wanted to bring awareness to this because next week is Porphyria Awareness Week. And so the American Porphyria Foundation, which has been a huge asset to me in this whole journey, I don't even know where I would be without them. They're encouraging all patients, all caregivers, all advocates to just get out there and talk to people about their porphyria. There are eight kinds though. Some are extremely detrimental and some are extremely rare. And because this disease is is pretty much the rarest of the rare, unfortunately, a lot of people go undiagnosed for a very long time. There's There's two types. There's the acute and then there's the cutaneous. There's four of each. Um, the acute basically 
all have the same thing in common where you have acute attacks that are triggered by something. Where abdominal pain is a really big symptom, along with all the other neurological and physiological problems. The cutaneous ones are probably the ones that most people know about because porphyria is also known as the vampire disease. Now these are the people that if they go out in the sun, they get terrible blisters and lesions. They have to spend a lot of time in darkness. They have to wear long sleeves, lots of sunscreen hats, sunglasses, bandanas, all of that. My heart goes out to them because it's hard enough having the acute symptoms. I cannot imagine having the cutaneous symptoms. And there are some that have a little bit of each. If you would like some more information about porphyria, you can visit the American Porphyria Foundation at porphyriafoundation.com. You can also make donations there. I am a paying member. I do $35 a year, um, and I like to give donations when I can. They also have other options where you can buy t-shirts and bandanas and wristbands and all that. Yeah, it's just, it sucks. It really does suck. (laughs) But I like to be upfront about it because it is so rare. And I am a patient advocate. Um, Also being a woman, it's very hard having a disease like this because it's often misdiagnosed as endometriosis more often than anything else because of the abdominal pain. But let me tell you what, and any other AIP people out there, PORFs, we know the difference between menstrual cramps and AIP. They are very, very different. Because it's not really a cramping. Um, For some people, it feels like they've been shot. For some people, it's a constant burning. Others have described it as being stabbed with a flaming sword. Um, for me, it is just a constant, constant, like, gut punch for me right up under the diaphragm. And that can spread to my lower back and kidneys, to the backs of my thighs. And, uh, I guess if you're curious, the reason that I wound up in the hospital the very first time was because I was on a low-carb diet. Looking back on it retrospectively now, the lack of carbs put my body in a perpetual attack for probably the better part of a year. Um, I wasn't aware of it, but it culminated in putting my body into severe hyponatremia, which is basically when your body does not have enough salt. It had fallen down to fatal levels to such a point that I had a seizure and was hospitalized for 10 days until my sodium levels could be evened out. And uh, hyponatremia is also a very common symptom of AIP sufferers. So yeah, don't do that. (laughs) Talk to your doctor before you go on any diet because you might find out you have an extremely rare disease and you might accidentally be putting yourself in danger. Yeah. So that's all I have to say about that. Again, I'm sorry that there is not a full episode this week, but it would mean a lot to me if you would check out the American Porphyria Foundation. Just, Just see what Porphyria is about because it's really changed my life forever. I am never going to be the same. There's no cure because it's genetic. All I can do is hope that eventually there will be a cure. And the only way that there can be a cure is if the knowledge is out there. Be sure to check out Midnight Society Fan Club for updates in case there's another hiatus sometime soon. Thank you for listening. And uh, I declare this meeting of the Midnight Society now closed. <laughs>